it, everybody. Welcome to the Richard Sherman edition of the Gold Standard Podcast and the Niners Nation Podcast Network. This is episode 25. For those of you not following along in your program, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me every week, as he always is, Levin Black. What's going on, Levin? Oh, just enjoying the offseason, counting down the days till the season starts, or at the very least until the quarterback situation is solidified. Well, the quarterback situation is dominating the lives of 49ers Twitter. It's 49ers fans. It's all we eat, sleep, breathe, think about. It reminds me of when you order something from Amazon or anywhere online, really, and you're super excited to get it, and you've got the tracking number right away, and every day you're clicking. Okay, where is it? Oh, oh, package information received. Okay, good. The next day you check it. Oh, it's left the facility. It's on its way to the first of 10 stops. Like that's where we are right now as fans. We've got the Matthew Stafford tracking number and we are clicking every hour to see if the, if things have progressed, if there's any new news. You know, I think you got the analogy close, but I think it's a it's a package that you absolutely need that has gone lost. And you're sitting there going, <laughs> where's my update? It's been two days. You have an updated location. It hasn't moved. Where is it? And, I mean, there are quote-unquote updates. We saw a thing today from Grant Cohen saying, oh, the 49ers have the inside track on Matt Stafford, which I don't know what that means, Levin. Like, that is such a vague report. It doesn't tell me any information, so I don't even know, like, what, why we're talking about it, frankly. <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it's something that you can say. And one, it's never going to be able to be proven wrong. And two, it it doesn't even necessarily mean anything. They have the inside track. All that could mean is that Detroit called them back first. You know <laughs> what I mean? It doesn't yeah, mean I, anything's imminent. It doesn't mean that, like, the Niners are at an advantage right now. It just means they might have been contacted first. It's It's a very weird scenario because, at least to Grant's credit, he's talking about it. And a lot of the 49ers beat writers, when all this stuff came up with Watson and then Rodgers and Stafford, I've got the feeling like they've poo-pooed everything and kind of, I don't know, they just kind of, to me, have come across in a very condescending way trying to tell fans why they shouldn't be excited about it, why they shouldn't think about it, why they shouldn't be hoping. You're you're crazy if you're even thinking the Texans are ever going to trade Deshaun Watson. It, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I like all those – I like everybody on the 49ers beat, but I was surprised at their reaction to all this news. I think it was a hard season for everybody, and they are ready for a break. You know what I mean? Like, they had to do a lot of stuff remotely. So, I mean, it, it's hard to get – as good of articles when you're not there one-on-one with people and getting one-on-one interviews was not even possible at times because the team wasn't granting them because they didn't have, you know, with COVID, I know some teams did that. I don't know if the Niners did that, but like, I think it's just frustration that like they're ready for a break. They're ready for their off season. And I would argue that the off season so far has been busier. It's been crazier. Fans have been wanting more right now than when the season was going on. So I think it's just kind of like a human nature. I wouldn't necessarily say it's professional, but it's human nature that they're kind of biting back at it. Like, go away. Give me my vacation. Well, sorry, folks. I got news for you. The offseason is going to be way harder than the regular season. When your team stinks, like the 49ers have stunk 
the fans are waiting for the season to end to get to the offseason so they could have their hope renewed. And that's where we are with the 49ers, especially this offseason with all the change they have to go through, including a quarterback change. The hope lies in the offseason, and that's where we are. So buckle in. Like, now is not the time for a vacation because, I mean, you know how it is, Levin. If you're a Niners beat writer, the second you go on vacation, that's when the news is dropping. <laughs> uh, that's certainly possible. I I mean, we've predicted this offseason is going to be crazy since before the season even started because of the COVID aspect of it, that there are going to be quality vets that get cut from their team due to the cap situation, and they end up being out on the market, and nobody has money. So that means they come at an, a crazy bargain. You know, there, there could be really good starting caliber vets out there that find a market that normally they'd be able to get a four or five year deal with a pretty darn good average salary. And instead they're staring at, you know, the best teams coming at them with here's a one year deal for, you know, 4 million or whatever you want. Like teams are going to run out of money and they're still going to be really quality players out there as free agents. And I hate to make this analogy, but it's what it reminds me of. It's like a Madden game. If you ever look at the free agents available in a Madden game, you're like, these people are so much better than what other teams and they just don't sign them. You know what I mean? Like there's always really good free agents out there in a Madden franchise mode. And I think it's going to be like that where teams just don't have the money to sign all of these veterans they would like to sign. How would you know? I thought you didn't play Madden. I played Madden every year from like 93 to 2011 or 12. 11 or 12 it's almost a decade ago it could be all different now <laughs> uh i don't it's think not, it's been it different be. since like 2005 <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've played it here and there like it's on game pass like a year ago's model and stuff like that and i play it and i literally will play a couple of games and go yep it's still the same old garbage <laughs> uh one article that wasn't garbage that came out i saw on pro football talk Basically, a third of the league has checked in on Matthew Stafford. And I give Florio credit because, as he pointed out, that means two-thirds of the league has not called to check in on Matthew Stafford. So there will be 10 teams then on that list that have made the phone call. And I tried to think of the 10 teams that could have been on the list. And I read them to you before we started, and you completely were not listening to me. So I'm going to read them to you again so that you will hear the list for the first time. I just did a quick look through the standings and the 10 teams I have that have at least called to see what's up are the 49ers, of course, the Rams, the Panthers, Falcons, the Bears, Washington, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Jets, and the Patriots. Any of that seem wrong to you? No, I mean, there's only maybe seven or eight teams out there that I would say no, that's wrong. They definitely didn't call. Like, there, there's there's only a handful of teams in the league that they have their guy. They're not calling about Stafford. You know, Kansas City with Mahomes. I mean, one of them is on the market, so you can't say Houston. But, you know, Seattle has not called about him. I don't think Green Bay has called about him. But there's a whole laundry list of teams in the middle that could have maybe possibly called. One of them you mentioned is the Rams, who have a quandary or whatever you want to call it of a quarterback situation because they have a bad quarterback who I would argue is worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. 
and his contract yet is one of the highest paying contracts in the league that they still can't get out of, even though he's already played multiple seasons on it. Yeah, say what you want about the 49ers and that you're frustrated with Jimmy or whatever. At least the 49ers structured the contract so that they can move on this season. They have options. They have flexibility. The Rams are absolutely screwed. Jared Goff has over $40 million that's fully guaranteed to him over the next two years on that deal. Doesn't Regardless of whether he's on the Rams or another team, that is incredible that his agent, Ryan Tolner, was able to pull that off. That is a massive, massive win for him and a huge mistake for the Rams. And to be honest with you, it's a, it's a situation the 49ers really do not get themselves in. No, and I mean, the deal is so bad that He's played multiple seasons, like I said, already on that contract. And yet if they were to cut him, just flat out cut him, they would have a $65 million dead cap hit. Deshaun Watson, who is worlds better, completely like multiple tiers better than him, just signed his new contract prior to this last season. And if he's cut, he would have $67 million in cap space. Like <laughs> they literally would have similar dead cap hits and golf has been on his contract longer and is a much, much, much worse quarterback. Like I would argue Jared Goff is a below average starting quarterback in the league. And the only reason why he looks even average is because of Sean McVay. Like if it wasn't Sean McVay, I don't think he would, he he would be a Josh Rosen level of his, of his career, in my opinion. Because his rookie year was one of the worst rookie years any quarterback has ever had. And Sean McVay saved him. But it's clear that he just does not have enough talent. Despite having good weapons, despite having great coaching, he can't get it done. Which tells you that if he wasn't in perhaps the best situation in the league in terms of coaching and supporting cast, he would have bombed and nobody would want to touch him. Yeah, it is. uh, It's ridiculous, really, like that the Rams could put themselves in that situation. And I am grateful that the 49ers have seemingly found a way to structure their deals where they are never up against the wall like like the Rams are right now. I mean, granted, it probably cost them to Forrest Buckner because the Niners have their way of doing things and Buckner just refused to go along with that. And that's why he's no longer on the team. But I still think it's worth it. Like you need the flexibility in a league where stuff changes so fast. You need to be able to adapt to any situation. And the 49ers can do it and the Rams can't do it. Not that I'm complaining because, look, I want the other teams in the NFC West to screw themselves, basically. And the Rams are on their way. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely on their way. I mean, it. It's like if the Niners gave Jimmy Garoppolo the contract that he got, but almost fully guaranteed it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like you said, the difference is that they structured a way to get out of it after two years. They Basically, both teams were in similar situations. Obviously, Goff played an entire season, whereas Jimmy played five games. But it was a similar situation where you had a quarterback who only played one year and looked good enough that you can't really move on from him but not so great that you necessarily 100% know that he's a true franchise quarterback, so you're stuck paying him like one. The difference is the Niners were willing, in my opinion, after those games, if Garoppolo was going to stand his ground and wanting a crazy deal like Goffs, they would have moved on then. 
Like, I don't think they were ever going to say, eh, I guess we have to, and giving them all the guarantee. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, the honestly, I think that Jimmy has never really been fully embraced by Kyle Shanahan. He's never fully been his guy. And I guess we'll find out for sure in this offseason. But I think we're going to see that if Kyle can upgrade, he definitely will. And speaking of that, the Niners Nation quarterback predictions came out today from everybody on the staff. I was feverishly sending out text messages this morning to try and get everyone's official predictions. Your official predictions. You have Stafford ending up in Indianapolis, which, by the way, so do I. You have Deshaun Watson ending up in Miami, which, by the way, so do I. You have Jimmy Garoppolo staying with the 49ers, which, by the way, so do I. Way to be original. And then we get to the rookies. You have Zach Wilson ending up in Detroit. Josh uh, Josh Field. Justin Fields ending up in Carolina. And Trey Lance ending up in New England. Defend yourself. (laughs) Uh, It's anybody's guess. Like, I don't know. This isn't something you necessarily have to defend. You know, we're guessing. Let's be honest. Like, we follow the team and we all follow the NFL much closer than the average person. But none of us truly have any true inside knowledge in terms of this. I mean, obviously, Kyle follows the team and Akash follows the team and was at many games. So they know the team really well. But, like, this front office is tight-lipped, so we don't know. Do the Niners truly love Zach Wilson? They could. They certainly sent their top scout to watch him. But you don't know. Like, that could have been smoke. It could have been he went and he saw and he says, well, if he's there in the second round, you know, you don't know where he truly evaluates him at. So it's anybody's guess. I I went with what I thought was most likely in each situation. And I think it's most likely that other teams are willing to outbid the Niners. Because the Niners' M.O. has not been to win bidding wars. They've lost out on bidding wars that it has been rumored that they were involved in. So I think their their M.O. is they don't like to trade their first-round picks. They value the first-round picks too highly, especially being able to trade down in their first-round picks to get a bunch of other picks. So will the Niners end up with one of the veteran quarterbacks or trade up to get one of the rookies? It's possible. The quarterback position is definitely different than other positions. But so far, the biggest moves they've done is trade a second round pick. So I'm not convinced, you know, I'm not willing to say the Niners are definitely willing to trade a first round pick to get somebody like Stafford. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, I would say yes, definitely. But I went with what was most likely. And I don't think the Niners are going to win a bidding war. And like you just said, a third of the league is in on Stafford. You would imagine at least that is in on Watson, which means they're in a bidding war. Well, more than that, I think, is in on Watson for sure. It's interesting. So basically, the staff of Niners Nation said that Stafford's either going to San Francisco or Indy. It was split three and three. Uh, Nate, Leo, and KP said San Francisco. Akash, you and I said Indianapolis for Stafford. Watson, three of us had Watson going to Miami. Two, Kyle and Niner Nate had him going to the Jets, and Leo has him staying in Houston, which to me seems the least likely of all the possible options. You know, I actually almost went with that. It was kind of like the cute choice, but I do think if they end up hiring Eric uh, Behemi, Behemi, yeah, I could not remember how to pronounce that. If they end up hiring him, I think there's a chance they convince Watson to stay. I don't think it's all that likely, but it was kind of a – 
you know, nobody knows who's likely to get Watson. Then we get to Jimmy, and we're all over the map with Jimmy. Niner Nate says New England. You, me, and Akash say San Francisco. Kyle Posey says Chicago because, you know, they need a quarterback, and Jimmy has roots in Chicago. And Leo Luna says Indy, which I don't think Indy, because if they wanted him, they could have got him last year in the Buckner deal, according to, I think it was Albert Breer, who said that his name came up in those conversations. So to me, I don't think Jimmy ends up in Indy because if if that was the case, they could have done it last year and it would have been a mega deal. That whole Jimmy thing, like people are making assumptions and I don't even think they realize that it's an assumption. What Albert Breer said doesn't mean the Niners were looking to trade Jimmy. It doesn't mean that the Colts were looking to try to trade for Jimmy either. It could literally be one of the teams said, hey, what about Jimmy? And the other team said, no, I'm out. And that was the extent of the conversation. It was five seconds. He was briefly brought up like Albert Breer says. Like It could literally be the Niners were talking about Buckner and the Colts just said, hey, well, for our top pick, it's a high pick. So we want Jimmy too. And the Niners said, nah. You know what I mean? Like, And last year was different. Yeah. Last year was different. He was coming. He was coming off a healthy season, and there wasn't the quarterback market that is going on this year. Kyle and, and Akash laid out a pretty good case yesterday. Basically, their thinking was the Niners bring it up because they want to move Jimmy and Buckner and get picks back. Presumably, they would have gotten more than they got, obviously, for just Buckner, and then they would have signed Tom Brady. And if you look at the timeline. Brady signed like two days after the Buckner trade. So I think the Niners plan was let's get Brady. We'll dump these two guys. We'll have Brady. We'll have extra picks and let's go get it. And don't forget, they inquired about trading for Brady once before. So he was definitely on their radar. That is possible. That's still an assumption. Is it a a assumption that has some credence behind it because of the timeline? Yeah. But it could have also been that they were waiting on an answer from Tom Brady and Tom Brady wasn't committing to the Niners and they had to pull the trigger on the deal before potentially losing out on the Colts pick. Like that was a rare opportunity where they were not only getting a first round pick, but they were getting a high first round pick for Buckner. Like it could have been the Colts basically told him or get off the pot and the Niners couldn't wait (laughs) on Tom Brady anymore. And the moment the deal went down, it was apparent Garoppolo was staying and so Brady went to Tampa. Like, that's also possible. Like, yes, the timeline lines up for that, for the Niners trying to tra- trade Garoppolo, but it also lines up going the other way, too. Like, you don't know. We don't know. We're left to assume. Um, I'm assuming that I think the Niners were the ones that brought him up. I think their plan was the Brady plan, because from what I've heard, Kyle was not happy with Jimmy Garoppolo after the Super Bowl. I've heard that he was just really not happy and thought that if Nick Mullins had been playing, that they might have actually won that game. So to me, when I take that combined with the fact that the timing lines up, they've already inquired about Brady in the past. I think they were trying to swing a mega deal. And that gives me hope for this offseason because hopefully they're still thinking like that. Like, I hope John Lynch is calling teams up and trying to work three team trades and doing all sorts of stuff. I'm hoping that that's where their head's at because that's what the good organizations do. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping the Niners are willing to trade a first round pick to get a better quarterback than Jimmy to either get one of the top rookies in a trade up deal in the draft 
or to get somebody like Stafford. I I would love Watson. I would be willing to pay almost any cost to get Watson. I just don't see it. I don't I don't see Watson. Have- There's been no progress and I don't think the Niners can sit around and wait. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. At some point, there's going to be some sort of domino. I don't know if it's a Watson trade. Maybe it's a Stafford trade. Part of me wonders is if everybody is sort of waiting for someone else to go first because they want someone else to set the market, kind of. But, I mean, we'll find out. It's, it's going to happen eventually. I think the Stafford thing could happen. I would think that would happen before a Watson deal because if I'm the Texans, it's like, well, if Stafford goes for two firsts, I got to get like four firsts for Deshaun Watson, right? Like you, you got to do better than three firsts for Watson, don't you? If, if Stafford goes for two, yeah, you would think so. I just think that Houston is unwilling to face reality, is what it is. This just in: the Texans are a dumpster fire. All right, we have spent the first half of this podcast talking quarterbacks, <laughs> and I know that that infuriates. Some people, some of you are tired of the quarterback discussion, and we have heard that. We put it out on Twitter this week. What are your non-quarterback topics that you want to hear about? We have done the research. We have collected your responses, and we will get to those after the break. Welcome back to the Niners Nation podcast. This is the Gold Standard, episode 25, and we are dipping into the mailbag, Levin, because we want to get some non-quarterback questions from people. There's a lot of people tired about the quarterback discussion. We hear you, and so we want to read your responses. This one comes from at Graham TSFN. As I am enjoying my Whataburger slander, a lady just walked behind and squeaked out a fart. Get me out of this place. There's not a question or a topic in there, but you like the tweet. So I'm putting that on you. Uh, well, a couple things. One, it's an hilarious tweet that deserved a like. <laughs> Two, uh, yeah, sometimes I forget that I've swapped over to the Niner Nation Twitter uh-huh. account to to see what's going on with that. And then I see a tweet and I go, oh, that's funny. I like that. And then I go, oh, wait, I'm on Niners Nation. I may have gone so far as to type up an entire tweet and then realize that the logo was wrong <laughs> and that I'm on the wrong account and go, oh, I can't post this as the actual like podcast group. I, I got to copy and paste this over. To my account. <laughs> so basically you're telling me we are flirting with disaster with you behind the controls of the Twitter handle. No, but if you want to, you know, make things public and slander each other, you're the one that turned on Deshaun Watson notifications for that account. So my phone also gets dinged anytime Deshaun Watson posts something to Twitter. Look, <laughs> I need you to be up to date, man. That's it. Like, this is it. I'm on Deshaun Watson watch for sure. First time I got one of those because you didn't give me a heads up. Which <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have thought to give a heads up either. But I think it was like 6 a.m. and my phone goes off and I look at it. And I'm like, what the f- am I getting a Deshaun Watson notification for? <laughs> hey, man. Be prepared. That's all I'm saying. All right. How about this? At TN Niner fan asks, if Bosa suffers another injury, likelihood 50%, he says, is he damaged goods and should be traded? Well, he almost answers his own question there. If he gets injured yet again, yes, he's damaged goods. But that also means his trade value is crap. Right. Like it wouldn't be completely crap. But it would be severely diminished to where he would be one of those players that he's too valuable to trade for crap. Like 
you're just going to have to keep him and pray that he finally has a healthy season because when he has a healthy season, he quite literally might be the best edge rusher in the entire league. So you're not going to trade the possibility of having that for like a third round pick. You know, you're just not doing that. You're going to hang on to him and hope he is healthy if he gets hurt again. I agree. You can't move him. Nobody wants damaged goods also. And it's kind of like a D Ford situation. I mean, D Ford played what? 22% of the snaps in 2019. And he was an absolute wrecking ball for those 22% of snaps and made a massive, massive difference to the team and the defense. And so even if, Bosa is limited in how many snaps per game he can give you. He's such a difference maker and his trade value would be so diminished, like you said, that I think that they would have to keep him. Now, does that mean they have to resign him to a huge deal? No, it doesn't. And we'll see, you know, where that sort of ends up. But I agree, you're not going to just move on from him, even with another injury. This one's kind of related. This one is from Charlie Nielsen, who asks, I really want to talk about the pass rush. Last year showed just how influential a good rush is. If Nick is good to go, great. But what are we going to do on the other edge? <laughs> That's a good question. What other night he's going to do on the other edge? Because the answer is not D Ford. Like, I don't think D Ford is playing. I am, to be perfectly honest with you, praying he retires both for his own health because his injuries are the type of injuries that one wrong hit and he's not walking anymore. But also because if he retires, the Niners would save some money. Like, <laughs> I mean, as far as what to do on the other side, I think Kerry Hyder's probably going to be too expensive and he's not good enough to be willing to spend the money on. Like, I, I'm a firm believer in you don't spend money on like non great players. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody is just good enough to be a starter, you don't spend the money there. Even if it's like a discount, you know, even if it's $8 million a year to get somebody like Kerry Hyder, he might be worth that. But you need to save that money because in order to have a true championship level team, you need to be paying true all pro level players top dollar and then have rookies replacing them. Like that's the key. Like you can't pay middling crap. You know what I mean? So that tells me that they would probably look to the draft. But I would say the underdog here that nobody's talking about is what I was alluding to earlier in this podcast which is the free agent market, if you're willing to wait it out, is going to have incredible bargains on it. So I could see the Niners just sitting and waiting and getting a free agent that didn't get the deal they wanted. Right, essentially trying to find the new Kerry Hyder, the Kerry Hyder for 2021, essentially, which is would be awesome because, I mean, Kerry Hyder was, was really solid for this team last year. Uh, next question comes from... Christina A, who says, let's talk about the offensive line. It wasn't great last season, and it's not really set for next year. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is if he isn't well protected. See, and now we're back on the quarterback conversation. <laughs> Christina Aguilera follows our podcast? Yep, she does. Big fan. <laughs> she is from Pittsburgh. Maybe she's my neighbor, and I just don't know it. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she lives in Pittsburgh anymore either. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't either if I had her money. But anyways... The offensive line, I honestly don't see them doing a big thing to address it. I think you're likely going to have four starters return. The only thing I see them doing is finding a center, but I don't yes. see them I don't see them spending big money and I don't see them drafting one early. I see them just signing a decent vet at a, you know, 5 million dollar a year or so contract and trying to plug and play and trusting one Ben Garland or Brunskill being able to fill in 
if that bargain guy either doesn't pan out for either not playing well enough or they just can't find one to sign. People do not put enough weight behind the center in this offense. It is a massively important position for Kyle Shanahan. When he got to Atlanta, the first thing he did in Atlanta was go get a center. He got Alex Mack. That was like a huge part of the puzzle for his offense. The center is a is vastly important. He's you know, in charge of the whole offensive line, makes a lot of the protection calls, that type of thing. I think they are absolutely going to look to upgrade at center. The guy that Kyle Posey has thrown out in his offseason plan is Alex Mack, the same guy that Kyle Shanahan got in Atlanta. He could be a potential, you know, low cost option for the Niners. I hope that they actually draft someone. And like you said, it's not going to be high, but I'm hoping that Kyle has been scanning through everything and has targeted somebody that they want to bring in because, I mean, we've seen how different this offense looks. That offensive line has to be in lockstep. And when they're not, if there's one piece of sand in the machine, the whole thing collapses. And so you need a center to get everybody on the same page. And I do hope and think that they will upgrade that spot. I mean, we know that Kyle, at least at one time, thought it was that it was, you know, valuable and really important to address. That's why they paid Weston Richburg so much money. It was just an injury prone player who showed why he's injury prone and he's been hurt most of his career with the Niners. Problem is, is that a lot of that contract, even if they cut him, is still on the board for this year. So I think most likely what the situation is, is kind of like what they've, what they've done with the guard position, which is sign a vet who might be, a, who is cheap, who might be a little undervalued. He's not quite truly a, a starter that you're, you would be really happy with, but he could be a starter to come in and compete and take some late round guy in the, you know, or mid round guy in the you know, fourth, fifth round and have them compete and hope one of them pans out. Like, I don't see them basically getting a long-term answer this year. Next question comes from at Jason Bowles 10. It's not really a question, but he would like us to talk about the secondary on defense, which is a massive question for the 49ers because pretty much they don't have a defensive secondary except for Jimmy Ward. We don't know what's going to happen. We want him to bring back Jason Verrett. I would love to see it, but he's probably going to go to the highest bidder given his injury history and he's not really going to have that many more opportunities to cash in on a big deal so they're probably priced out of him I think the Jets are going to go absolutely nuts for Kwan Williams because Salah is going to want to bring him there as his guy to sort of set the culture set the foundation on defense and teach everybody what to do pretty much plus he's from Patterson New Jersey so I think Kwan is probably gone Sherman is gone for Multiple reasons, not the least of which is he's not really that good anymore and can't really run. Jaquiski Tart, I don't know if he's going to be back. He he could be a guy that doesn't get the market that he thinks he's going to get, so they bring him back on like a one-year deal. But there are way too many questions with this secondary for my liking, Levin. Yeah, well, in normal offseason, we would have been talking about all these guys for the last two, three weeks because they would have been the big development of the offseason is who's coming back. Who's going to be the secondary? The quarterback situation has hijacked all of that normal talk. And basically, until that is addressed, it, that's going to be the way it is. I do agree, though, that Tart is all of a sudden, due to this COVID offseason, somebody that actually has a chance of coming back. Mm-hmm. I would have put him as having virtually no shot in a normal offseason because somebody would be willing to give him a decent-sized contract, and the Niners weren't going to be taking that risk. But I do think he is a prime candidate because he finished the year injured. He's been and he's been injured a lot, but he does have high potential. 
that he is the type of guy that teams will say, here's a one-year prove-it deal. If you do well, hey, we'll give you that big deal. You know what I mean? Like, I could see the Niners in that scenario going, just come back for one year. If you're healthy, you get to be on a contender, and you get to create a market for yourself, you know? By the way, we were talking earlier about the Texans' coaching search. John uh, John McClain, who covers the Texans for the Houston Chronicle and has forever just tweeted, I expect David Culley to be hired over Leslie Frazier as Texans coach, which, of course, would put Eric Bieniemy back with the Chiefs next season, which is really just just a festival for the other 31 NFL teams. Thanks a lot, guys. We got to break the Chiefs up. You can't let them keep their great offensive coordinator for another year. But, I mean, does that that potentially seals the deal with this Deshaun Watson thing, and maybe he makes his trade request public now. Yeah, I mean, that situation can blow up at any time. Like that, it, It's basically we're all waiting on the shoe to drop on that one. It just might not drop if they don't end the coaching search. Now, if they make the coach, like I said, that finalizes everything. That sets the future. And if Watson's not on board with that coach, which uh, is pretty good – likelihood that he's not then he is going to want out it will be interesting i don't think we've ever truly seen it happen but i don't know why players don't do this but if i was deshaun watson and i had a preferred destination with his no trade clause i would make that public i would say i will only go here nobody else even bothers sending in (laughs) offers you know what i mean like because he doesn't care if it tanks his value for the Texans. Which it does. Which, if it tanks his value for the Texans, guess what? That means the acquiring team is better off because they had to give up less draft cap. So it's actually a benefit to him to do that, not only because it would almost force the hand that he has to go where he says, but also his acquiring team, new team, would be better off in the future because they didn't have to give up as many picks. Like, I don't understand why people who want to be traded Like there's been a few people that have had similar leverage who were truly great players and they didn't do that. And I don't, I don't get why not. I agree. Like for the actual player, I totally get what you're saying. It makes sense. I wonder if the agent is in their ear saying, look, let me handle it. I will take care of you because if that happens, the team is going to go to the agent and be like, what the dude, we're never signing any of your guys ever again. You nuked us on this thing. And I think the agents know that. And so I think that they try to appeal to those guys, better angels. I will say this, the Watson situation is different. And the reason being, he just got his big deal. And it's not a deal where, oh, he's somewhat undervalued. It's not a deal where he got like a massive signing bonus and got money up front to where, oh, well, the future years for the acquiring team are too cheap. I could get more money, you know, kind of like what Tio did back in the day. You know, he got so much money up front that by like year two, it was an undervalued contract, even though he had kind of gotten that money with the Philly situation. He has a big deal. It is fair market value. It is still the second largest contract on the market after Mahomes. So he has a situation where he's not going to be wanting a new contract in the next year or two. So he doesn't, like I think normally the way that an agent would sell it to the player is, hey, if you want that big deal, you can't become a head case. You can't become somebody that a team sees as a problem in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like sees as somebody who is me first. Watson doesn't have that problem because he already has his deal and he has all the leverage in the world. So like I wouldn't be 
I would be surprised. I, I should say I will be surprised if he truly names the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and says, I have told the team the few teams I'm willing to go to. And that's all it is. Right. And maybe that's all he has to do because once the team knows, they'll act accordingly. It's going to be fun to see. Um, it's going to be like, you should be happy now that you have those Deshaun Watson notifications on your phone. You should be thanking me that you will have the most up-to-date information on the status of Deshaun Watson. You're welcome. You know, in order to make sure that we have the most up-to-date information between the two of us, since we both run that account, I am going to set up notifications for John McClain and every single other person who covers the Texans. No, please don't do John McClain. He goes on, like, Twitter (laughs) binges where he just retweets, like, everything. I used to follow John McClain, and now I can't because, like, I don't know if he just wakes up in the morning and he's like, okay, time to send out the retweets, and he just fires off, like, 50 of them. It totally floods your feed, and it's no good when you're trying to drink your coffee in the morning. Please do not do that. So it's like Kyle Posey's end of the year splurge? Yeah, but at least Kyle only does it at the end of the year. By the way, that was you. That was your Kyle Posey slander, not mine. Just throwing it out there. I I feel kind of bad because I've like literally not talking to Kyle yet. (laughs) We've never actually conversed, but, you know, hopefully he has a good sense of humor. (laughs) Well, speaking of conversing, Levin, and you haven't. I don't know if I told you this. I don't think I did. And certainly people listening don't know it because I just locked it in today. I am going to be speaking along with Kyle Posey to the one and only Deion Sanders on Friday. We are taping it. Uh, It's going to be part of our Super Bowl coverage next week on the SB Nation NFL show. But I will be talking to the 1994 defensive player of the year. What do you think I should ask him? Um, Whether or not a third person can attend the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) me of course (laughs) Uh, i I don't know because i mean there's a lot of questions i would like to ask Dion, but i don't think he would appreciate them so right is it messed up that all those came right into my head as soon as i confirmed it i was like what should i ask him oh ask him about fighting jerry rice like ask him about fighting andre rise and like i couldn't stop it yeah i don't know like i feel like they're there would be some really good questions that I don't think he would necessarily be upset being asked. You know, like I would just have to think about it because he's somebody that I feel like every time he's been talked to or put in front of a camera, you know, when he's done the media stuff, they all, they all kind of ask him the same stuff. Like they want him to be, you know, the, I don't know flamboyant is the right word, but you know, they all want him to be neon Dion. I feel like there's an aside to, Dion that has to exist that nobody's really gotten to see and i would try to get that out of him oh you want me to go like 60 minutes on him (laughs) yeah yeah go 60 minutes on him i I would love to see you try to get to that level you do you want to see Dion sanders like punch me in the face be honest no no no. i don't mean like badger him i mean like the real i mean i think a lot of that really is Dion, but you know what i mean like you don't see you see a lot of his show, basically, you know, because he's always been put on a show for the camera. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, like I said, Tio is my favorite Niner. He did the same thing. But I feel like there has to be a true aspect. I mean, he I know he's a family guy. I've never seen anybody truly get that out of him on camera. You know what I mean? He's coaching now. Like, what's his motivation? He's made all kinds of money. He has all kinds of opportunities and he wants to coach like 
what's truly the uh, motivation there after all these years that he really want he's suddenly coaching you yeah i want to get into a little bit of that i want to know how he would have coached himself because that i think would be an interesting uh question we have a lot of good stuff lined up for the sp nation nfl next week with super week we're gonna have a ton of good guests I'm going to speak with Kyler Murray next week as well. So we're going to go be sort of behind enemy lines there to get a little uh, NFC West talk with Kyler. First thing I'm going to tell him is to take it easy on our freaking boys, please. He's destroying our defenses. Yeah. Hey, uh, Bose is coming back from injury. So just, you know, go slow for him. Right. That's the first thing. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't have to go by full speed. It's fine. He's not going to be able to catch you. I did think of a great Dion question. All right. Ask him what coach in the NFL handled him the best hmm you well know? then he would have to admit not, to not his favorite not necessarily his favorite coach but which one like managed to push his buttons and get him motivated the best you know what i mean hmm. all right we'll see we'll see what comes up with Dion. i'm sure kyle kyle's like super pumped about it because Dion's his favorite athlete ever so like that hmm. i'm sure that's going to be exciting for him anyway that's going to that be why you bumped me is that why i don't get the opportunity i mean yeah, I, sure. I thought we were like you know, we started this thing. I mean, Kyle was always Niner Nation, but I mean, geez. Do you have a day job? Don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> well, there you go. This is my day job. This is all I do. <laughs> hey, just so everybody knows, he has added a little bit to the scenery behind him. We talked about yes. it last episode. He's added some well-placed Niner hats here and there. And, you know, it's it's coming along. I'm proud of you. I am fully convinced that the Niner hat I have behind me is the all red hat with the white SF with no oval. It's just the SF. That is the best 49ers hat of all time because the, the Niners just don't have a good hat logo and that's the best they can do with it. And I would love to see like an alternate helmet where they kind of did that too. I think that would be cool. No, that is not the best Niners hat. Yes, it is. If it was the best Niners hat, you wouldn't have it on a shelf. Well, it's too small. It's a fitted hat now. It's too small for me, you <laughs> jerk. Every time you try to criticize my my background shot here, I have a perfectly logical, reasonable explanation, and you look like a moron. Just pointing that out. I, I haven't even brought up the fact that you like have your hair in this like wannabe mohawk spiked with gel this time. Yeah, that's how I do my hair. I just couldn't. I just got a haircut. Here's the truth. You know what? You know what? Now I know why you were the producer. At PFT and ESPN and not in front of the camera. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, Kyle Posey badgered me the other day. He said, like, dude, are you going to get a haircut? Because he got a haircut before we recorded a pod last week. So he had to wait and do it a little later in the day. And he's like, by the way, dude, I noticed you haven't gotten a haircut in three months, which was accurate. I hadn't. So I had to go out finally and get a haircut. And so this is what you get. This is how I actually like to style my hair. I just couldn't do it that way before because I had the COVID cut. Whatever your excuses are. Oh, please. You look like a homeless ghost, okay? <laughs> I don't want to hear any criticism. Hey, my walls aren't even finished being painted. We'll get on that. Uh, I don't know if my wife can hear me, but I guess I'll say it. I have a wife who doesn't trust anybody else to paint. She's going to paint. She literally will like not let me paint. What about then a mess it up or get paint on the ceiling or whatever? Like nobody else is allowed to paint but her. Hmm. Yeah, I, I actually find it annoying because it means it takes much longer to get things done. Again, those are the words of Mister <laughs> Levin Black. Is your wife on Twitter, by the way? Just in an unrelated question. Sort of. Sort of. She has a Twitter account, but she doesn't really look at it. 
Well, maybe if she gets the notification, she'll check it out. Uh, That is it for us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We enjoy all the ratings. Again, like I said, we're going to have some big things for Super Week on the SB Nation NFL show. And trust me, some of those are going to find their way over to the Niners Nation feed as well. So you definitely want to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Levin, enjoy the week. We will get into Super Bowl predictions and all that next week, though I think I know where you're going to go. And uh, be nicer to me, too, by the way. Ditto. I promise nothing. (laughs) 